0: The Nees Mother Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by 888sport.com forward slash west ham dot htm. As someone pointed out, the URL doesn't work now. They've changed it to 888sport.com forward slash west ham dot htm for whatever reason, but the bet stands the same. Triple the odds on your first. All season long in association with KUMB. Uh, I know I spoke to someone on Saturday and they won a bet and it was triple the odds. I can't remember. I can't give you any more information than that. But if you want to get a triple the odds bet, go to 88sport.com forward slash West Ham. H T M. Here comes. Play. You took me through the free kick after seeing your goal for France. We were almost expecting it to go in. But I, I'm very confident he's uh, on the free kick, but he's good for me and good for, for the team.
1: You don't mention his first one, no? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, obviously he's been fantastic for us, and
2: you know, I think that's his fifth or sixth free kick this season. I mean, you know, he's been fantastic, and long may I continue.
0: Hello and welcome to the Knees of Mother Brown, West Ham podcast. Uh, Let's quickly clear up a couple of bits of news. Mark Neville's testimonial, wonderful. Uh, At home to Palace, Clattenburg, awful. Uh, Tutu, we shouldn't complain. And I don't think you will be complaining after hearing this week's episode because just before James Longman went away, we were lucky enough to sit down with Steve Lomas. Yes, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Himself. Uh, we had him here in the studio and we've never broadcasted this episode. We thought, let's just keep it in the can for an opportunity like this at the start of April. So here it is uh, the interview we did with Steve Lomas. This was recorded uh, just before James went away, so like just Christmas 2015. Uh, other things to note someone was drilling in the building. We couldn't figure out where, but you may notice as you listen to this episode, there is the sound of drilling. But what else can I do? Tell you that, uh, so here it is the Steve Lomas interview with James who Longman. Captain at 23. 227 games, 13 goals, captain no less of the famous Intertoto <laughs> Cup winning team of 1999. <laughs> what an honour to have Steve Lomas here in the studio with us. Hello, Steve. Thanks
1: very much, and possibly the worst trophy ever. <laughs> um, great, great, great time it was for us, but um, they handed me the trophy, and I thought it was my individual medal. I was. <laughs> I was waiting, but waiting for for the big trophy to come, but it never did. It was like so we called it the egg cup. So um, it was very underwhelming, the trophy to say the least. I can't remember what it looked like. Was it like a lot, a thin thing with like Look, gold? Literally, we called it the egg cup. That's what it was. But um, no, it was uh, it was very it was very underwhelming to say the least, and uh, it took it took a lot of stick. Um, I, I think they've still got it. I'm sure they have, but um, I think the lads are trying to break it in the changing room <laughs> after the game because it was that poor.
2: I like the trophy cabinet so bad. that would definitely be really the main thing. <laughs> well it's, funny, it's like one
1: of the big trophies we've won in our lifetime. In our lifetime
2: that's but what we like, always go on about winning we the, always go on the Cup. Winning the <laughs> cup. Yeah, it,
1: was like... man, it was a great experience but I don't go on on about it too often <laughs> I, I gotta say.
0: <laughs> I remember at the time it was uh, I think it was the Mets was the final and uh, mm-hmm. my brother had just gone missing I was with my nan and my nan said come on you got to go outside and find your brother I said no nan West Ham we're about to win the first trophy of my lifetime I'm sitting here and watching this and there it is and Chris's oh, brother was man. never found, <laughs> never found so if you're listening <laughs> do call home no. do call <laughs> home <laughs> it'd
1: be nice yeah. to hear from you uh,
0: well well Steve let's begin 1997 you're at Man City mm. and then uh, Harry Rednap picks up the phone
1: yeah obviously Man City had got relegated the year before and um, I was actually wearing international duty I think uh they tried to sell me to 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 Wimbledon, which I didn't want to go to. But obviously, I knew Ian Dowey was there Michael Hughes, kefi Rowland. So, whenever it came up, and um, obviously I always admired the way West Ham played, and Harry was a draw, and uh, obviously Big Ian was very pers- persuasive and said it would be a good move, and it, it was a it was a great move in, in, in effect.
0: It's funny you mentioned Ian Dowey. Obviously, friends. Um, mm. Apparently he's quite a laugh, which surprised us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, he's a great lad. He? He's, uh, no, he's fantastic. He's large in life. And I uh, you know he was a big character, not only in Northern Ireland's changing him, but, but, but West Ham's changing him. We were very fortunate. I think that's why the first five years at West Ham were fantastic. We had the base of, of British seniors, guys in their peak young guys like Frank Rio uh, Michael Carrick coming through and then you had the touch of a of, of foreign class Parlo um, Parlo Wanchop Ile Burkovich, Stan Lazaridis Freddie Canute you know so, the, so it was Emma so I think Harry especially in them first five years got the blend between foreign and British young and old very right
0: Mm. It was I was reading. The interview. Obviously, it was a big, must have been a big change. You were quite young when you came over from Northern Ireland mm. to Manchester. But I understand you went to the hacienda a couple of times in Manchester when you were in your time there.
1: Yeah, occasionally, occasionally <laughs> we went there. You know, it was uh, very Stone Roses and Oasis. Obviously, came on the scene yep. after that there, and um, so it was, it was big, big end in the music as well. So it was great that the, the Oasis boys were, were Man City fans, and um, you know, obviously we got free tickets and that there, which was great for a young lad. So uh, yeah, occasionally. Not not not, not every week I hasten to to (laughs) add but um, occasionally I I frequented the Hacienda which is now long gone gone. did you
2: you get a chance to meet Noel and Liam?
1: well you know it's a funny story I tell people listen, they don't believe me Noel's (laughs) I think it was his cousin Paul uh, owned a car valentin firm and they came and cleaned the cars. So Noah was actually cleaning cars. Oh, was he? Um, before he made it big in Oasis. So it goes to show you, you know, he's obviously followed his dreams and got away from the chamois and Peter Reed's uh, huh. car, and, uh, you know, the rest is history.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when you arrive in London, what kind of night? We were chatting outside about some of the nights for swapping Hacienda for possibly Charlie Chance. <laughs>
1: Oh, I, mean, Wolf from I, thought, I thought
2: you were
0: gonna
1: come and talk about football, but <laughs> we will get into it. <laughs> but no, listen, well, you know, I was very lucky. I had Michael Hughes and like say Keith Rowlands and Ian lived a little bit out. He was a bit posher, he lived out in Harpenden but um, uh, the the lads like Hughes, Ian, Keith Rowlands showed me the sights, Kenny Brown, so no, I wasn't struggling for a partner in crime. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you become captain of West Ham at twenty three mm. years old and obviously some big characters around like John Hartson, I think, Ian Wright, Neil Bragg, same kind mm. of ear of you So mm. what do you think was it that Harry saw in you that made you captain at that age?
1: I think he's seen me long term, being there I was twenty three, you know, he's he seen I think he seen a a winner. He was a bit petulant at times and maybe he did it to sort of try and calm me down a little bit and give me a bit of added responsibility to say listen Stephen I love the way you are as a a character I love your will to win but you know we've got to keep you on the pitch so um so I think listen it was a bit of that and I think he he realised there was a lad that wanted to train hard and and wanted to, to, to win every week and um he hoped you know obviously the lads would would respect that and um He knew I also organised a good party or two. So, uh, (laughs) so, uh, listen, I I like to think he's seen something in me, and I'm very um, honoured that he did. You know, there's some great people have captained. You know, West Ham. You know, you know Bobby Moore, the greatest. Billy Bonds. So, for me to sort of follow that is, you know, it's it's a great, great thing for me to be able to tell the grandchildren. Yeah, Um. amazing.
2: We've spoken a lot actually recently about captains, and especially over the last few years when you've had, you know, your Lucas Neils and Matthew Absens and Kevin Nolan. Um, and now, Noble, what, is, what do you see your role as, as captain, like on the pitch?
1: I think you've got to set example in training as well. I think you know to, to go out there and you know I couldn't turn it off and on. I had to have to train properly, and I think Harry seen that. You know, certainly a good example in training. Um, you know, wanted to win every training session. You know, but we, we had a lot of characters that did. You know, Johnny Arch and you name one wanted to win. You know, just as much. So, I think. It, it, I wouldn't say it was easy, but, you know, they certainly helped with them characters like that. There, John Munker, you, know, you know, Dixie. You know, unfortunately for me, Dixie had a really bad knee injury and yeah. I didn't really get to play with him, which which is a shame because Dixie was a fantastic player, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. And I was thinking about your position at West Ham. I mean, you kind of played all over, really. Harry Rednamp used you in all kinds of... Yeah. Where do you think you were best?
1: Oh, I think I listened... I first started off as a box to box midfielder where Brian Horton wanted me to, me and Gary off to share the load and get in the box and nick a goal or two. But obviously that changed when Harry came along. You know, we had people like Ilde Berkovic, Paolo Canio, Trevor Sinclair. So he wanted me to hold a little bit more. So I think that was my best position. But I think where it was good for Hari probably hindered me a little bit because if there was injuries, you know, he knew he could do a job at right back. Yep. He knew he could do a job at right side centre half in a three. He knew he could play I could play right wing back. So I suppose now I've been a manager, it's a dream when you've got a player like that there. You know that you can get a performance out of him in different positions, you know, from week to week. Um but I think from a personal point of view it probably didn't help me too much.
0: Mm. Did you get on with Harry generally? Yeah, listen,
1: yeah, listen. We had our ups and downs, you know. He, he can't what people is. He's fiery, you know. I'm fiery, um, but I think listen, the good thing about Harry would he wouldn't hold a grudge. You know, you'd you'd made a mistake. You know, he'd he'd have a go, and then all would be forgotten. And it'd be right. Come on, let's get back to business. And I think that's a a very good trait in a manager have because you know you've only seen even you look at the greatest manager like Jose Mourinho. Um, you can't fall out with players unfortunately because there's, there's too much power in their place nowadays
0: mm. um, so first season when you joined West Ham we're in a bit of a relegation scrap mm-hmm. and um, it, it, you, you kind of arrive at the club is the beginning of a resurgence so what was the atmosphere like in the change room when you turned up
1: no it was great um, I think listen more to the point we stayed up because Paul Kitson and Johnny Hartson came in and scored goals <laughs> yeah. you know I played a small part but you know nowhere near what them two guys did you know I think he scored 15 goals between them and were sensational and it was a I think that's another good thing that Harry had that he, he took players that other people probably just weren't willing to take a risk on and paid a lot of money for John and paid a lot of money for Paul Kitson and was somewhat given stick for doing that but you know they kept us up and then it led on to four or five great seasons so it was you know that was inst- instrumental um for me um but yeah listen it was great to that, that, to come in and to stay up because I'd really been relegated with Man City and the last thing I wanted to do was come to another club and and go down again and and like we've seen the Premier League is the only place to be
2: yeah, yeah. and is it that must be quite from from having just been relegated like having that experience must be invaluable to a team to kind of you know, to guide people away from it in a way because nobody wants to get relegated well I
1: think we had a good yeah of course I think we had a good team you know we had decent players you know Slavin was there Mark Reaper, Johnny Moncour Ian Bishop Tim Breaker Stevie Potts Stan Lazaridis Michael Hughes but we just weren't the team weren't scoring goals and as you've seen teams that can't score goals normally struggle you look at even the game dare we say it yesterday Swansea were the better team but unfortunately at the minute they can't score goals and and that's why they're struggling Um, and that was probably a bit like West Ham that season until John uh, and Paul came along
0: Mm. Um, in terms of your debut season, one game that sticks out in particular, 4-3 against Spurs in a windy night under the floodlights
1: at Upton Park. I don't Park. think I played. Really? <laughs> I don't think I'd signed by then. I haven't been honest. I'd like to take credit. I, I think Big John Hartson, I do remember because I think I signed two weeks later. Oh, right. And on. I do remember um, Big John giving uh, Saul Campbell the, the terrorising of his life where he went off at half-time. Um, the game that sticks out <laughs> that season, not one the jump on was, I think we beat... Um, Sheffield Wednesday, five one at home. Mm. and um Kitson, yeah. Kitson again, yeah. Paul, I think you got a brace. Um but it was a an all round team performance. I knew then that we probably were gonna stay up. You know, we went away and won at Leicester, nicked the you know, Johnny Munker, I think it came off his shin. We won one null at a very tough place to go. And unfortunately we were safe by the time we went to, to Man United on the on the last day because, you know, that would be the last place you wanna go to yep. try and get a result. Um, but and you know, I think we had done the job over the sort of seven eight games that had been
0: there. Yeah, um, season ninety seven ninety eight, much better story, mm-hmm. um, and including a goal for yourself, uh, probably my my favourite goal you scored. I think Man City away mm-hmm. in the FA
1: Cup. Yeah, now we, we were on a good run, and I think that was really my year to lift the FA Cup. We obviously we eventually got beat by Arsenal in the quarter finals, but. We shoot, we should have beat them we with we obviously Dennis come getting sent off, went to penalties, and unfortunately, we got knocked out, but Wolves were in the semi finals and and newcastle in in, in mm-hmm. the final, no disrespect, you know wolves were in the league below yeah we, we would at least got i think got to the final, and I think we would have beat Newcastle. we were a better team mm-hmm. um so it was really that was a really sore one in terms of 'cause you you know teams like West Ham, like you've seen in the Liverpool mm-hmm. game, you don't get too many chances, do you. <laughs> And um, so, from that point of view, it was soul destroying. But yeah, to go back to your question, I think um, Man City away, it was great. We know we'd beat, I think we beat Blackburn the tie before uh, in penalties, and you know we're on a good run to go away to to, to, to my former team and to score the winner was 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 fantastic. And I um, you know, really thought it was our year that year, but um, unfortunately we came unstuck. Arsenal
2: yeah. stitches up on several fronts that year didn't well, we they lost the League Cup as well League Cup. Final, and yeah. we didn't qualify for Europe I think because they got they lost a match they should have won like, yeah. in the final game of the season so mm. I think we didn't get into Europe as well
1: so hopefully it's they lose tr- tonight yeah. <laughs> It's a
2: triple stab in
1: the back yeah. Yeah. but I think the FA Cup I think listen growing up as a kid the FA Cup was Unfortunately, it's been slightly diminished mm. but for me as a kid growing up I always dreamed ever since I watched Norman Whiteside come inside and curl that one into the yeah. far corner mm. you know I always dreamed of lifting the IFA Cup and you know I always remember my youth team manager Tony Book saying you know when he was working with the first team and I'd broken through he said listen you don't get too many chances in the Cup if you're lucky you know you maybe get once twice in a lifetime um, and, and and that was certainly a chance so it was it, you know that hurt for a long time because I remember part of that game I think Tony Adams hit the worst penalty yeah. I've ever seen because, because Ber- Bernard Lama was in goal mm. uh, and Bernard actually d- dived to the right and it, it was almost I think he almost double hit hit it. Mm. I don't think it, it barely made the back of the net because Bernard dived to the right got mm. up and nearly saved it because <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching it because I actually had to take one to keep us in it afterwards and um, I remember thinking, "God, how has he got away with that?" Uh, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, but it, like you say, it was just meant to be there, night.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think was it Abu who missed. So or? I
1: think I Ila I, I think S- Samasi both missed.
2: Yeah.
1: I didn't fancy Samasi. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't understand why he was. Um, he was going up, but. Um,
2: is it is it actually a case of who puts their hands up for the penises?
1: I it? think it is. Yeah, I think it's who fancies it. You know. um obviously I, the boys that had taken one at Blackburn yeah. himself being you know so but uh, yeah it was um, I actually didn't fancy Isle either to be fair I always because he, he was one of them he placed it you know and you always thought well but um, but no it was uh, that 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 you know normally I can get over games pretty quickly but that that really smarted for a while.
0: It's funny penalty shootouts because we'd, we'd won one, hadn't we, earlier in that round? Like you say, yeah, Blackburn. I think you got the winning. You yeah, the winning
1: yeah, penalty. we had. Yeah, um, you know, we had, had gone away another. You know, we hadn't had an easy run. That's why I thought. You know, this is going to yeah. be us to go away to Blackburn and win, go away to Man City and win. You know, you felt it was all all on. Obviously, Arsenal had the one sent off, and you're thinking, "Come on, this is our year." We knew that Wolves would have been in the semi-finals so you're thinking, "You know, never a, a greater incentive." So that and I think obviously the, the League Cup with the, the Manny on yep. the menu thing which poor Mane, I do feel sorry for him he was pr- pretty much hung out to dry but I bet he was but um, you know they were the two opportunities but the FA Cup's the one you want to win yeah,
0: yeah. A word on Am- Amor- so, ob- did you so did you have a word with him when he like?
1: I think listen everybody n- didn't blame Mane you know what I mean but you know on the other end of the fact, you thought he would have held his hand up and say, "Listen, lads, you know what? I played in the League Cup, but unfortunately, you know, some people lost their, their jobs over it, which which was which was was harsh. It was just one of them. You know, people say it can only happen at West Ham, and you probably right, yeah. but um, you know, to obviously get to the semis and then have to go back and replay it was was, was, was harsh yeah although well, didn't I say it only happened at West Ham didn't it happen at Real Madrid
2: very recently yeah did it yeah it did. Did. Yeah. Right. I think like last week or a week, week before
0: another right. reason why us and Real Madrid are so similar. similar there you go. <laughs> well. yeah um, in terms of characters around that time mm-hmm. John Hartson mm-hmm. for what? Mm-hmm. What, what what did you think of that man
1: ah oh, listen John was a great lad he was part of their little golf clique you know him Kittle and Johnny Monk's razor. Uh Ian Wright. We actually got Ian Wright started in golf. He's, you know, very keen golfer now and very good golfer, but at the time he was useless. <laughs> and he nearly he nearly got me uh he nearly got me chucked out my first golf club, West Essex. Um for a story I probably can't repeat over there but uh, but um, nah no, listen, we had some great characters and I think we all got on really well. It was a pretty much a family club, everybody mucked in together. The training ground was an was an open door. Everybody yep. could come in, you know. <laughs> do You see what under lock and key nowadays. And um, yeah. but it was pretty much we had we always had people in walking around and we were all going who's that? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but I think it. I think the fans, especially in the first five years, they bred into the. They knew the lads were having to go week in week out, and if mm. they got beat, they'd have a go. Uh, and I think, you know, I always think. You can see a club on the up when the fans and players, are, you know, are mingling. You know, mm. nowadays it doesn't happen as much, and uh, I think that's, a, you know, it's a sorry thing that it doesn't. Mm. Um, you know, plenty of open days. Everybody has an open day. I always laughed every every day at the West Ham training ground was an open day. <laughs> you, could, you could come and go as you please. <laughs> People getting signed things, signed that. You know, it was. Uh, but listen, I think that's what added to it. it. Added to to the chemistry that we were a family club.
0: Yeah. Um well one man you know John Moncur mm. open training grounds. Yeah. A lot of nudity on display.
1: Yeah, and um <laughs> for a man that's um shall we say not packing. You said that not me. <laughs> We've heard. Yeah, We've but, heard. But nah, listen John. John was brilliant and 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 listen he's still a very good friend of mine today. Yeah. And um you know but there was never a dull moment you had. To, you had to be you had to be on your guard not just him you know there was Ian Dowey there was lots of pe- people willing to, to play, play a prank so you, you, like I said you had to be on your guard um, day in day out um, hmm. I hear about the the Wimbledon thing cutting up clothes but that was uh, that was the least of the misdemeanours at this place, uh, <laughs> really? and some that like can't be, unfortunately, divulged over here. There, they're probably more better for a for a bar and a few beers,
2: yeah. <laughs> or no rug for your tello.
1: That'll be a good. Un.
2: We've we've had everyone who's come on uh, from that area. All everyone has a monk story. <laughs> mainly, yeah. mainly, him getting naked. Just,
0: just what about the, the nickname Maggot? I mean, can you confirm or deny that? <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I can confirm. <laughs> I can confirm. Um,
0: Ninety-eight, ninety-nine. You say like all these characters, but you're doing the job on the pitch because we finished fifth mm-hmm. that year. I mean, what what a season that was! Everything seemed to come together.
1: Yeah, and if we, our away form had been a bit better, we probably could have got a bit got a bit better. But mm. Sam, I think. Listen, I think the first three seasons especially at home before the big stand was built, it was a very intimidating place to come to. Mm. And, Nobody wanted to come and you know, especially under the lights. You know, I used to love playing there when I used to hate playing there when I was with Man City because the crowd were right on you. But it was such a such an intimidating place for the away team to come because the crowd were on you. Yeah. And giving you a nice bit of verbals and um it, it definitely put some teams off coming there.
0: Yeah. Did you, did, that's interesting to note so you know, when the West Stand went did, did it really change like the old stand did it really change it the took atmosphere? a
1: little bit away because to be fair it needed to go because that, that stand was a fire hazard <laughs> but um, but you're right on top you know, yeah. right close you know and them little grounds crew PR is very similar that mm. you know 25,000 can sound like 45, mm. 50 and um, you know what when we were and we were playing well at the time so obviously the the crowd were, were up for it and uh, they knew that they were coming to, to the home games you know we we had goals in us yep. you know we mm-hmm. had Trevor Sinclair come in Johnny Arts and Paul Kitts and Parlo then followed you know we, we had people that, that that could score goals and excite you know Parlo Wanchop, another one who mm-hmm took a little bit of criticism I thought it was a little bit unfair I thought Parlo did did really well for us Um, and then Freddie Canuti so you know they they were coming there and there was players there to excite excite the Mm. crowd and you know obviously we had the old battlers like me who (laughs) (laughs) who, who tried to keep it showed up at the back so but nah listen it it certainly was a great time the first three, four years
0: it's been like so your style very much was like showing that grit and determination and you know clearly training hard mm. and that was maybe your role as captain so you get these foreign players come in and like Di Canio and some of the mm. others was, was that part of your job as well in training to say you need to be like on on it all the time
1: well I think yeah I think they, they had to understand that you know ain't just about with the ball you know especially when you're going away from home and you know it's very tough you, you know you're not probably going to get as much possession mm. as you want um, that, that way you know and that's maybe sometimes to a detriment you know people like Isle who was fantastic at home yeah but it was very hard and I can understand being a manager myself now Isle might score one and create two at home and then you're going away to Everton and with the greatest will in the world it's going to be a battle and you ain't going to yeah. have much possession and maybe people like Isle can then become a passenger And but it's very hard for a manager to leave him out yeah uh, and, and sometimes it, w- it was what was needed we needed to be maybe a little bit more you know Solid away from home and, and not be as open I think that's why our away form probably suffered more obviously than our home form mm.
0: Something else that's emerging around this time at the club is obviously this generation of great mm. players coming through Rio, Frank mm. uh, Joe Carrick. Cole Carrick um, Were you looking around thinking oh, my, we could be really challenging for stuff I
1: think you're looking around at, I think when you I think there's a defining moment when we saw Rio which was an awful lot of money and I can understand why but I think it was a defining moment we we certainly that year where Harry eventually lost his job I think that played a big part in it Mm. you know real went, and um, you know to lose somebody like that there and I think not wanting to upset I think it was better for Rio he needed to leave London Mm. he needed to go and mature and maybe being around London it was too easy to go out with his mates and you know and I think it certainly helped him but for us as a club it probably signalled a give over a bad sign that, that that these young players coming through could be eventually got and um for for a lot of money. Um yeah. but unfortunately the players that actually came in didn't really fulfil, you know, Rigabor's song. Mm-hmm. great lad song just didn't really step up. Titi Kamara e. who had showed signs at Liverpool of being a decent player really struggled, you know, mm-hmm. really, really struggled and and Mark Vivian Foe probably was the best out of the three of them. Um, unfortunately, you know, Mark sadly passed away. Mm. You know, another great lad. Three, three decent lads, but for for whatever reason, that probably confounded it. Mm. Like the three lads that came in, you know, struggled.
0: Yeah. Well the start of that two thousand, two thousand and one season, as we discussed at the start, was one of the proudest moments of our West Ham sporting career, the Inter toto Cup run. <laughs> which we would love to talk about now. So I mean that the start of that season, you're back in pretty early. Do you think yeah. that had an impact on what happened? I
1: think early? yeah, we hit the ground running. There's no two mm. ways, you know, we had some tough, you know, um some tough games, you know, competitive games whereas normally the last couple of games of your pre season is competitive but but we had been there, home and away, at different places, and um, I think that's why we started started the season very well. We were up to match fitness earlier than most other teams.
0: Mm. Um, any memories of FC Jokaret or Heronveen?
1: Oh. Yeah, I, mem- I remember them. Uh, <laughs> no dementia, not kicking in too bad, but um, yeah. Now listen, it was it was a great. A great atmosphere and I think the fans really enjoyed it because obviously it was they had their little trips away and mm-hmm. some some of them went for three or four days rather than a couple. <laughs> um some of them went for a week. Um but yeah the Mets was 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 a was a great great you know great final really and I think who was up front for them? A young uh Saha
0: Louis Young Saha,
1: Saha young Louis Saha I think he actually mm. scored. Yeah. I think we
0: lost the first leg Yeah, we lost three yeah, two, yeah. Yeah, and uh through a um, Saha goal.
1: Exactly. Um but um yeah listen, he showed signs then he was gonna be a good player. So but no, it was it was better than the, the normal mundane pre season. You'd yeah, go I mean. to Scotland, you'd whatever, you'd have a couple of lower games and then you'd you know, you'd kick in with a maybe a, a foreign game, you know. So the lads really enjoyed it because you Telling Aston, he lad, he'd rather play football and, than train. Yeah. You know, the, the long runs and stuff like that there. So so from that point of view, and the little trips away, which were nice, you know, you're not stuck in the one training ground as, as luxurious as Chadwell Heath is. <laughs> um, so, you know, we got to visit some nice countries and, and, and really enjoyed the, the, the opposition. How much, uh,
2: on those smaller teams, how much uh, kind of work would Harry put into knowing them? <laughs>
1: I think was you there do, any kind I of any kind scouting Yeah, get some videos and you'd have a look. But it, listen, it's very difficult. Yeah. You know, the pe- people like Djokovic, Djokovic and, and that mm. there. You know, so. Um, but I think Harry was very much of the mindset. I think he wanted he wanted more for us to look after ourselves, know what we're good at. Yeah, you know, and then you know, if we get beat, you know, rather than worry about the opposition. Um, just worry about us, you know, trying to perform, and um, if we do, we'll get the job done.
0: Um, the final uh, against Mets away, uh, we come back to win. Uh, some West Ham fans say that's one of the greatest nights of their West Ham sporting career. Like, genuinely, as an away game, it was a hell of a performance to come back. Yeah, uh, no, nah, it was. It. it
1: was a very good. I think Frank scored, didn't he? Did Frank yeah, score? Long range. One
2: chop scores.
1: Yeah, yeah Parlow scored. I think. I think them West Ham fans have been on the beer though for about four <laughs> or five days. So, so nah. A, it was. I think it was a really good performance if I remember rightly, and um, I think we had good support there. You know, mm, yeah. obviously West Ham hadn't been in Europe um, for a long time. You know, so it was it was great. A lot of these fans, like you say, experienced mm. it for the first time, and um, I think they certainly made the most of it, to say the least.
0: Yeah, but as you've kind of touched on, it all kind of fell apart at the end of the season. We finished fifteenth, yeah. and Harry Redknapp goes. What are your memories of finding out that news?
1: Well, unfortunately, through that season, I think I was going to move the back to Man City or Everton, if I remember rightly, and then I tore my posterior cruciate around. I think it was around the November time, and um, obviously was finding it hard to get back, and and obviously went away, had an operation with David Dandy, and then obviously Real went. And, and you know we just fell over the line, but it was very—it was a big shock because I think Harry had earned the right to have a little blip. Mm, yeah. And um, but that being said, obviously Glenn then came in and we finished seventh the year after. So, but I think Harry had earned the right to have a bit of a blip, and you know the other thing as well is if you know Terry Brown, who was the chairman at the time, didn't have to accept the bid for for real. Mm, yeah. Um, you know but I do think it was a significant thing in West Ham's period that it, it sort of signalled that, that we were a selling club
2: mm. yeah it was huge from our point of view
1: wasn't it like selling yeah. off the of silverware yeah. It's it's really it, to, yeah it was it? massive well, well, no, Yeah, I think it, as well know. not just that, there Rio was such a Influential player because his pace at the back could get him out of trouble, you know, Mm. could cover his partner. Unfortunately, we we lost Slavin the first year there. We had Mark Reaper, you know, Rio was ideal for the way Harry wanted to play three at the back and Mm. come out with the ball. So, so he was a big, big, big miss. And, um, like you're saying, selling off the, the crown jewels for from a fan's point of view, you know. West Ham, like Man City, always wanted young players coming through. They've always had good academies, and the, you know the fans can identify with the young kids. Um, you know they know that they're given everything, and um, so that I think that was the biggest disappointment from the fans' point of view. Yeah.
2: Mm. There's a lot of talk talk about youth coming through now, or the lack of youth mm-hmm. coming through now. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think West Ham were lucky at that time, just just to have those players come through, or do you think it's a you know. I think it's
1: a bit, a bit of everything. I think the scouting network, you know, wasn't you know, Tony Carr. Listeners done brilliant. There's no two ways. But all his staff, the scouting, you know, when you look at what's come through that era, it'd be very hard to keep replicating that. You know, real Frank Lampard, Michael Carrick, Joe Cole. Obviously, we signed Jimmy and Defoe, but still a young player from Charlton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, played comp- you know, compensation. You know, so <laughs> to Glenn Johnson. Yeah, another mm. one. You know, you look at the the class at Man United they still struggle to find a period of the beckhams and that they are coming through it's it's very hard and yeah luck plays a part of it but also a lot of good work from a lot of people you know yeah. you're watching all the scouts watching grass grassroots football seeing the best talent around at west ham i think players realizing that that west ham is a good place to come and develop and if you do you'll get an opportunity yeah. which you know you can't say that's with a lot of Premier League clubs now um, mm. but I think it's a combination of, of a lot of things but like you say to keep replicating there you go so you've got six lads that have made probably God, must be talking about six, seven hundred games for England Yeah, that's going to mm. be hard to keep replicating that year after year
0: yeah um, in terms of Terry Brown
1: did you meet him at all? Did yeah you? we met obviously Terry was very low key but yeah listen, I had a couple of meetings with Terry he was okay got on well with him um, you know um I thought he did a good job as well under the circumstances, but i think I think that was when we finished fifth we we thought we if we pushed on, if we mm. went and bought two or three really, really top players, we could have kicked on, but I think Terry didn't want to stretch the club and put them into, into financial difficulty because he had had them periods of being sort of touch and go relegation, you know, going down to the, the second division and then back up to, mm. to the Premier League so he was always mindful of that but it's a catch-22 and you're doing well for a club like West Ham it was only getting 25000 at the time, mm. how much do you push? Yeah. Um, and, and, that, and that was a dilemma to finish fifth and then you know we didn't really go strengthened strengthen too much I thought
0: mm. so Aaron goes out the door in comes Glenn Roder, uh, who had been a coach so I presume you're familiar with him how did you get on with Glenn
1: yeah listen i, I like to think I got on with a lot of people I was just I was still injured um, from the knee operation so obviously Glenn came in and he bought uh, you know a few players and he bought Don Hutchison Thomas Repke David James so I think the season started okay, and I think I came back around, I think it was a Charlton game, Kittle scored a trick, four each, and um, unfortunately um, I played against Tottenham and somebody stood me my toe and spiral fractured my toe, so, uh. I was up, so I was out for another um, three months, so it was becoming a bit of a disaster season, but thankfully I came back. Tail end of the season was able to I think contribute. I think it was a maximum, my best goal scoring ratio over a period of twelve games. I think I got about four or five goals, and we ended up finishing seventh. So, you know, I was delighted to come back and be able to contribute. You know, a decent finish again. Yeah.
0: Um, what time have you got to go by the way?
1: I'm about half past five. Half five past to five. All oh, right, yeah, wicked. Okay, right, yeah.
0: cool. Um, okay, so Rhoda's first season, mm-hmm. very too successful. Essentially finished. I think was it. Uh, Seventh, seventh. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah That's it. Was it was touch and go, and you know, right all the way up until probably January, February time. Mm. You know, we we're in that that sort of mid the bottom, you know, thing looking over his shoulder. But then obviously, I think March time we put on a really good spurt yep. and um, you know, finished the season well. Took took good points. I think the last sort of ten games, I think we were top six for them. So mm. um, you know, it was a good end of the season.
2: And what's the difference in style between someone like Harry and someone like Glenn? I mean, from a fan's point of view, they're chalk and cheese.
1: Yeah, I think, listen, yeah, Glenn's, you know, you listen, he can have a laugh and a joke, but he's a little bit more serious in terms of demeanour. Yeah. You know, probably doesn't have a laugh and a joke in, in, in the thing, but doesn't mean he's any less incompetent at his job. So um, I got on well with both of them. Um, I think ultimately, you know, Roy Keane you know, says, you know, managers to get too much credit when they're doing well and too much stick when they're not doing well. Yeah. You know, because ultimately it's about the players that are going to pitch. Mm.
2: Um
1: and I think we had good senior players there, Christian Daly was still there and myself and, you know, we had Paolo, you know, Jameen was coming through, you know yeah. Michael Carrick coming through, Trevor Sinclair. So, you know, we still had Freddie Canuti, so we'd still had Decent, decent players that could go on, go out there and, and you know, contribute. Um, but listen, you can't take that away from me. You know, Glenn gets a lot of stick at West Ham, and you know, finish seventh and then to get relegated on forty-two points, a record high. Yeah. You know, very, very unlucky. Yeah. You know, forty-two points probably gets you mm. twelfth, thirteenth. What is why is What did we stay
2: up with? Thirty-four. Yeah. 34? yeah. yeah.
1: So, so so it goes <laughs> yeah. so it goes to How show bad to leave It go, us. it goes to show you the perception sometimes, yep. you know, Jean still revered by something, but oh, no. you know, he he stayed up in thirty four points. <laughs> Glenn got forty two and got relegated. Um I think the key problem that year when we got relegated, we started the season with just three strikers and Glen wanted to buy Marcus Stewart as a fourth striker. Um, because obviously you had Freddie who would was beginning to get a bit injury prone and Pardo was getting mm-hmm. on in years Yeah, and young Jermaine had done his best work off the bench and, and and Sods Law we didn't get Marcus as a fourth choice striker and we ended up I think losing Parlow and Freddie for about 15 games at the yeah. start of the season and really I think to, to a point where Big and Pierce was playing up front <laughs> yeah. with Jermaine yeah. and I love Big Pearce he's a great lad okay for one or two games but it, you know we struggled we struggled because it Ultimately, we went from having Parlow and Freddie. Yeah. You know, Parlow, who you could hold uh, sorry Freddie, you could hold it up and you get the ball into Parlo and he's liable to create a goal or two. Yeah. And it certainly affected young Jermaine as well because he was still learning the game, and all of a sudden he had to play up front. You know, try and lead the line himself when he had, he had done his best work coming off the bench, and he needed another season mm. of doing that there. And um, so that was that was a big mistake, I think, from maybe not from Glen's point of view but from the club not sanctioning yeah. Marcus Stewart because Marcus had had a great season mm. with reached the year before Yeah. you know when we had finished fifth he had scored quite a few goals and then they got relegated and you know he would have been a good signing because he, he could hold it up and we had lost that ability with Freddie Canute he'd been out mm
0: it's just so frustrating these little tiny moments it, that could have made such a difference
2: yeah also it's it's like when we, we had David Sullivan on the other mm-hmm. week at the start of the season and he said that under Avram Grant when we went down to mm-hmm. give him credit they didn't spend any money mm-hmm. and they you know they should have spent money in general Well, I think and listen, in, in the same way with Glenn I guess yeah exactly
1: I think in Avram's point of view I think Glenn had spent some money but you know we were talking the grand scheme of things we were talking about a million and a half yeah. for Marcus Stewart mm. and maybe the whole deal might have cost Four million over the thing. On Mm. the grand scheme of things, Mm. it was a mistake. Um, And and listen, from the club's point of view, they thought Trevor Sinclair could be your fourth choice because Trevor doubled up up front. But Trevor came back from the World Cup and really struggled. I think fatigue because he had played such a had a good season, mm. played really well for for England in the World World Cup, and came back and he he just he just looked like shot for the first six Mm. months of the season. So it was it was a mistake. It was very short sighted because you need four strikers in yep. the Premier League, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Uh, in terms of players, we did bring in. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about Thomas Repka because yeah. I always imagined you'd be quite friendly. You looked, <laughs> you had similar kind of styles. Uh, I imagine you'd I like both to be clearly terrified. I R- <laughs>
1: I'll tell you a story about Thomas See, I was coming back. Funny enough, after me broken toe. <laughs> And he's uh, the ball's got played into the front man, and I'm coming back to try and nick it off the front man's foot. And Thomas is, instead of just standing up, he's absolutely careered through the geezer from behind. And as I'm running back, he's took the geezer out, and he's come straight through and two footed me. I'm like, Thomas, I've just come back from 14 months and two injuries. I said, do me a favour. But no, he, Thomas was a nice guy. His strength was his weakness. He was a great, listen, he was a great guy, trained, model professional. Um, but just, I was surprised because he had played in Italy. I thought he would be a, a cunning defender. Mm. He'd be, a, you know, a bit sneaky. Yeah. I I Now he was the polar opposite. <laughs> he liked to shoulder referee he was hurting the player. But um, no, he was, uh, he was a super, super lad.
0: When he first joined, I think he got sent. He got sent off several times in he a row. Did, off, yeah. did anyone
2: have a word of him? He got like, two yellows, didn't they? Yeah. yeah.
1: Listen, we would constantly have a word of him, but um, <laughs> but uh, now. Nah, he just, he just knew one way, and when the old, the old red mist went, that was him. He was, uh, there was no rationale, there was no, <laughs> there was no trying to say Thomas, calm down. It was just. Open up, let the bull out, and that's what it was. I remember
2: he got a yellow card, didn't he? And then kept going at ref, and kept going. and Got another yellow card straight away. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: Remarkable. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, he was, he was great lad. But um, like I say, once the red mist descended, (laughs) there was no, there was no pulling him back. It was
2: emotion, wasn't he? Guided by emotion, he cried, didn't he? On his final match, which was surprising.
0: (laughs) The news by the Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by. 888sport.com forward slash .htm uh, and they're doing the bet all season long where you get triple the odds on your first one uh, an exclusive offer coming up next week I've been told uh, linked to West Ham finishing in the top six we'll have more information on that next week but if you want any bet triple the odds on your first one go to 888sport.com forward slash westham.htm yeah. It's funny when you first joined the club, you're captain of kind of these British players, like you say, yeah. like Hartson you know Rudder, right. But then, like th- this era, you're having to keep an eye on like Erepkas, Decanios, yeah. Canute's. What was was that much more of a challenge, or was it? How was it?
1: Um, no, because we had funny we had Stuart Pearce had come in as well. At that of course, time. Yeah, yeah. Pearce had come in and Nigel Winterburn had come yeah. in. Yeah, you know, and you know, I thought Nigel, they should have given Nigel another year. You know he was 38. I think he was 37 when he came to us, and when he stripped off, he had the worst body I've ever seen as a professional <laughs> athlete. Right? But I tell you what, that geezer could train. Yeah. He was uh, he, And I said, Nigel said, "Why don't you just take it easy?" And he goes, "No, Steve. He said, "I've got to train how I play." He said, "There's no," he said, it's, it's, I'll be useless." Yeah. And every day he'd go out there, and he'd only be out there an hour, but it would be like it'd be like an FA Cup final. And I used to look at him I'd just laugh He'd be in the shower And I'd look at his body I said you've got the body Of a 56 year old I said But every time He used to go out there He'd play like an 18 year old With enthusiasm And I thought it was A, a mistake to, to, to get rid of him I thought he, he deserved At least another year
0: Yeah mm. Did he get him in Di Canio When he signed Obviously there had been A bit of previous With those yeah. two look,
1: Listen I don't think think that would have been the worst fight in living history. <laughs> Don't think that would have been box, box, box for you, would it? Um, it would have been um, get your hankies out and wave. Both of them have been waving their hanky before it started. <laughs> but, um, nah, listen, they were fine. Okay, listen, Parlo was Parlo. He was emotional at times. and But, listen, you know, he was brilliant at times. There's no getting away from it. Mm. Is it difficult being like captain?
2: People like Paolo because there was lots of rumours that he didn't like travelling away to any away matches and he didn't play. He didn't turn up for those. So is said like it must be frustrating as a as a professional like yourself who like sweats blood and tears. It, it, what, it was
1: frustrating the time he caught the ball up at Everton. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, yeah. I, thought, I thought Stuart Pierce was going to two foot, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we had a chance to, to go and win two one. Yeah. Trevor crossed it. To be fair, it wasn't a given. Thing. I think um, there was some defenders. Kind of, but it was it was... Paul Giard had hurt himself mm. coming out, goalkeeping the ball had fallen to Trevor and he crossed it, and I think but Parlow being Parlow was fantastic at volleying.
2: Yeah,
1: you know was brilliant, one of the best volleyers I've ever seen. Him and Clive Allen, and it, we fancied him. And I remember when he caught it. I think he got he got Sportsman of the yeah, did Year, didn't FIFA he? Award. Yeah, FIFA Award. <laughs> I think Piercy Piercy went. Three different colours of purple. <laughs> all he was worried about was his uh, win bonus. And um, I, thought, I thought in the changing room, I think we all sort of, yeah, I said, well done, Parlo. But I think there was quite a few of us thinking, just put it in and then <laughs> worry about it, you know. But um, now nah, listen, it, you know, Parlo was genius at times, you know. He was, you know, super, be unbelievable ability, you know, right up there. Uh, and you just wonder how he never played for Italy more often than not I suppose listen when you've got you know Baggio in your position Mm. it's uh, It's tricky it's it's, it's (laughs) tricky it's tricky isn't it you know but um, you know unbelievable talent he was unbelievable at head tennis but he he never headed the ball (laughs) he had the best volley I've ever seen over his shoulder how he got his leg up there he must have, I think he was doing yoga or something, but, you know, he's fantastic flexibility and volleying, but, um, yeah, at times he was frustrating, to say yeah. the least.
2: That um, comparison made me think of... Uh you know, if you've got Badger in your position, it's like when Masquiano couldn't get in ahead of Mullins. Yeah, well. Very similar.
1: Yeah. Very similar. Well, he struggled a little bit, though, didn't he, at the start? Because he played a few games and he looked, you're thinking, cool, he doesn't really look Argentinian, does he? Mm. Um, and I think Hayden had done well, but um, I can see the irony.
0: <laughs> um, we should talk about the relegation season. Obviously, going down with that team mm, like yeah. crazy, really.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the second half of the season, we were. I think we were top seven for yeah. them. You know, we we'd really picked up but the mistake was certainly going in with three strikers, you know. Mm. And um, you know, we paid dearly for that. But they still they get relegated with forty two points. Yep. Mm. You know, and, and a lot of things went against us. Birmingham went out and I think they ended up buying the lad Dugery. Yeah. I think that was a catalyst for them staying up and it showed you about what we talk about. You know, especially clubs like West Ham and, and that there that are mid-table looking up, but if they lose the strikers, they're looking down a bit like where we're at at the minute. Mm, yeah. You know, we're flying high, Yeah. strikers in abundance, and all of a sudden you lose Sacco, you lose Big Andy. You know, Valencia's been out, and before you know it, you go from having three, you think to yourself, them choice of strikers, oh, I'm happy with yeah. that. And then obviously you throw Puyet into the mix, and you've lost sort of, three of your main attacking players and yeah. Lanzini as well so for me if you want to stay in the Premier League you've got to score goals alright you've got to be tight at the back uh, um, but you know, you've know certainly got to get something going forward but I think that was a good thing about yesterday we, we got the clean sheet that we needed mm. yeah.
0: uh, Summer of 03 then mm. so uh, obviously traumatic time everyone's getting sold was there any danger of yourself
1: I think the problem was because I had a, a, a hurt my ankle I was having I think, the last ten games I had I must have had about at least 10, 12 injections. So I needed a clean-up in my ankle, and I think there might have been there might have been a chance that they wanted to get me off the wage bill, but unfortunately I'd had an operation that didn't go too well, oh. and it, the three months turned into more like eight. I had to have it redone. Um, the surgeon that performed that operation didn't do a good job, and um, I had to have it redone, and so something that I really should have been back, you know, September at the latest turned into I think February time, mm. and by that stage, obviously Alan Pardew was it was was, yeah. was was there.
0: And how did you get on with Alan Pardew?
1: Yeah, okay. Um, at the start, I think. Um, obviously, new manager comes in. He- you are always thinking senior players i was out injured but i think i came back and helped us get to the player final and um you know unfortunately we got beat which was, was 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 heartbreaking um so it was another year in the championship and it was a make or break season yeah uh, thankfully we got up
0: yeah a word on the uh, second leg of that playoffs and in the, in the first season of the championship against Ipswich many would yep. say one of the greatest nights at Upton Park um, big win well, as well
1: certainly well Matty Edmonton's probably one of the best goals we've not in park scene in, uh, in many a year and I think obviously coming from behind great under the lights again just everything that epitomised West Ham high energy attack crowd got behind us and spurred us on and you know we we played some really really good football that night mm, um, unfortunately but- we couldn't follow up <laughs> in the final which is <laughs> about the stadium glory <laughs> yeah. yeah we just we, we, unfortunately we had a few players got injured Rufus Brevett, and you know having to play people out out of position You know, Hayden Mullins had to play right back against Wayne Routledge and Stevie Bywater had to come in goal uh, and you know Stevie's young goalkeeper making his way um, so it wasn't ideal and I think if there was ever a case that we peaked in the semi-final we did yep. and mm-hmm. um, unfortunately you know the final was a poor, poor spectacle to say the least
0: Mm. And memories of that second season, where because you, you stayed at the club right toward t- two thousand and five. Yeah,
1: I'd, I think I would missed the player final that year. I tore my about six games before the end of the season, so I I missed the sort of running. Um, and but listen, it wasn't another per final, but we we stole time, it and yeah. the end up, you know, got it in our favor. And listen, nobody you ask the Crystal Palace fans, nobody will, will remember being a per final. yeah. Um but listen, thankfully they got up because, you know, you've seen what happens with teams that, that don't get back within yep. them two periods, the Charlton's, the Leeds There's yep. There's big, lots of them down there. Exactly, big, big clubs yep. that mm. that um that, you know, like you said, the first season went down under Glenn, the players that had to leave, Glenn Johnson, you know, mm. Jimmy and Defoe. Yeah. Thankfully Michael stayed, uh, all credit to him. Um mm. Joe yeah um, so um, so it was essential that we got back, and thankfully we did.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, so the following season marked the end of your time with West Ham. Yeah. Alan Pardew. Well, how did how did, how did that come about? I just
1: had a year left, and we had yeah. had a few different opinions, and I didn't want to stay there and be a squad player. Mm. You know, I wanted to play. I had a lot of injuries, and you know, I was 32 then. I could easily stayed and you know stayed out another year and. Oh, wait. In the back of my mind, I was tempted to because I wanted to stay there for 10 years and maybe get a testimonial. Mm. Um, you know, there was a couple of. You know, really good hospices around the thing that I thought if I get that I can maybe donate it to, to, mm. to them. You know, a bit like what Big Nile Quinn had done. Um, but obviously, it wasn't meant to be. And um, but I wanted to play football and I wanted to stay in London, so mm. that, that sort of made the decision easy to go to QPR.
0: Yeah, but it's funny, like the you were there nine years, but there, there was not many players in that era who, who put in as many years as you did. It seemed to be quite a high turnover of players.
1: I think so, but I think you still have people like Ian Bishon that did nine and a half years. Johnny Monks did nine and a half years. You know, Stevie Potts, what a legend. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, nearly 500 games. Um, Timmy Breaker did eight years. So, you know, I think there was players that that, that served the club well. You know, certainly a lot of players that served. Big Alvin, obviously before my time, you know, Billy Bond. So I think it's a club that you go to and, and... it's hard it's hard playing in front of them fans because if you're not having a good time they'll let you know but equally another thing is if if you're having a go they'll be behind you and I think that's that's where the two clubs have been at Man City and West Ham I've had mm. proper supporters where through thick and thin no matter what there's no there's no if you you know living around Stratford or whatever if you're from a West Ham family you're West Ham. You're not Man United. You're yeah. West Ham, yeah. and I think that's the way it should be, and that's why it's such a good club. You see, I go to the games now, and you still see the mix of people, young, old. Yeah, mm. you know, must. Be, I think it must be the highest middle-aged man <laughs> <laughs> supporting the football club ever. You know, but it's great. Listen, it's it was a fancy, thoroughly enjoyable time. Um, I wouldn't change a thing, um, apart from the relegation, I think, mm. and the FA Cup. <laughs>
0: <That's> two <laughs> things. <laughs> so I would
1: change two things. <laughs> and do you still go over there
0: now? Are you still Yeah,
1: I still get over there occasionally every now and again. So um yeah, listen, it's still the same great atmosphere. Um, you just look at it and you think you wish you could be out there.
0: Yeah, but so, well, Yeah. And what kind of reaction do the fans give you? Nah, no,
1: th- th- listen. They've always been good to me, you know. Um, in terms of, they always respected that. I'd Give it hundred percent, no matter what. Even if I was playing bad, I'd still put it in and, and, yeah. and try and try and make my opponent have a difficult game. Mm-hmm. So, um, so and listen. The good thing about it is the first five years were, were I think if you asked any West Ham period, I think it's still the most successful period in the Premier League in terms of finishes mm. in a consecutive period yeah. so so and obviously let's not forget the Inter, Inter- <laughs> Cup <laughs> the Egg Cup <laughs> the Egg Cup so but um, so listen wouldn't you know change a thing it was just great great time
0: and if you obviously leaving Upton Park if you had to pick one memory from your time there
1: under there um, there was that many I think at home just I think for me it was being with a good group of lads that you could trust and, mm-hmm. and, and you know and you knew that these lads would back you up you know people like Razors John Artsons, mm-hmm. Johnny Monkers you know Stevie Potts great 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 lads who who give it their all and um, you know thankfully we had a, a wee sprinkling of, of, of quality yes. you know, in terms <laughs> of you know the parlos and that world and it's a joy to play when you look back and you think about some of the players you played with you know you, you think wow yeah they're you know yeah, I've been very fortunate um, to play with these lads and um, share changing them, and you know, obviously have the jokes and uh, the stitch ups.
2: <coughs> yeah, and what are your thoughts in the new stadium?
1: I think it's it's inevitable. I think, listen, I love Upton Park, but it's an absolute nightmare and getting in and out, and I think it's it's due to change, and I think we once we move in, and um, I think the good thing about it is I think they'll be lowering the prices won't they by all yeah. accounts yeah. so you know it'll certainly help because it's not cheap taking no. your kids is it to, to, to watch football nowadays so I think that helps and I think the facilities up right now have been up there numerous games and it's, it's a fantastic stadium and um, I think we're really fortunate to get it
0: Excellent well Steve pleasure to have you here thank you for your time with the club and of course the Toto Cup how can we forget
2: <laughs> <laughs> memories that last us forever no problem away,
0: we'll speak to you next week in the meantime... Go on you your man. irons. your irons.
2: Get in touch with the show, email podcast at KUMB.com. Get on the forum at KUMB.com or follow your hosts, your lovely hosts on Twitter. Beautiful people, lovely, one of your own. Bianca is at B W E Westwood. Chris is at CJ Skull, and that's with a C, not a K, a C, because he's special. Come on, you irons.